Hi, this is Pastor Bob. Welcome again to the second day of Divine Appearances. We're going to talk today from the Word of God about different ones through the Bible who've had divine appearances from God and realize God's no respecter of persons. He wants to do the same thing for you. Let's start anticipating God's appearances. Let's start anticipating the gifts of the Spirit working in our life and special manifestations for us. Does that sound interesting? Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob. Welcome again to Student of the Word. Glad you're here today. I began a teaching in the last lesson on Bible visitation by angels, and we should be expecting these things. David said that when he went into the temple of God, he expected to see the presence of God, and that's what we should do. And I talked about having an anticipation, not just coming to church to come to church, not coming to church saying, well, I wonder what pastor's going to teach on, or trust the praise and worship will be good. We go down the list of things, and uh, we'll, we might see so-and-so there. And, uh, you know, we might want to just try to get out early and we can beat the crowd out and get out of the parking lot. I mean, all the different things we think about. But the point of it is, why not make church that time when we know something? And that is, this is the time when man and God meet together. This is our mountain that angels appear. And this is the mountain, like when Moses went up to the mountain and had, a, had an encounter with God, was covered by the glory of God. We need to see that too. And I'm not saying this is going to happen every time we come to church, but I'm saying if you begin to develop a hunger for that and, a, and a, a faith for that and anticipation for that because faith is really just an anticipation ahead of time that God is going to meet you and it'll happen. I think the closer we come to the coming of Jesus Christ for his church, the more we're going to see these manifestations. It happened throughout the Old Testament, the closer that the nation came either to judgment or to a great time of blessing and a great time when God would raise up a leader, more and more visitations happened to parents who birthed, uh, who birthed people like Samson or to, to the mother of Moses when the angel appeared and God appeared and talked to them. This happens throughout the Word of God. And we often say, well, that happened a lot in the Old Testament. Well, we have the Word of God today. Absolutely. But the reason why I'm offering the book of Acts is to show you, man, it got multiplied in the New Testament because it was no longer just certain individuals. It was to groups of people. And on top of that, it's when uh, the Lord appeared, he appeared to people that weren't in any specific office. The prophecy that was given in the Old Testament by Joel was, and repeated by Peter on the day of Pentecost was, it shall come to pass in the last days, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Now that has a double meaning because when uh, it was written in the Old Testament, it was written for the day of the coming of Jesus Christ to rule and reign on the earth, and that's the beginning of the millennial reign. But there's a parallel to that event because the church itself is a type, and the church ages itself is a type of what's going to be on the earth at that time. The presence of God will be everywhere. Jesus Christ will be ruling on the earth at that time. He's ruling from heaven right now. But it comes back to this, that the same event was going to happen that introduces the coming millennium will introduce the church. And that's why when it happened, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Say, well, yeah, but that was just right after Jesus left the earth. How can he call that the last days? Because it is the last days. We are living today 
day in the last of the last days. The last days began on the day of Pentecost. It shall come to pass in the last days. I'll pour it in my spirit upon all flesh. He said, your sons and daughters will prophesy, but he mentioned in their visions and dreams. He mentioned in there about appearances of the Lord. He talked about old people, young people. He talked about sons and daughters. He talked about servants and handmaids. He's simply saying you don't have to be called into a specific office as you were in the Old Testament. You can just be a saved young man and start expecting the Lord to appear to you and talk to you and show you things. You can be a born again young woman. And you know, you say, yeah, but you know, I, I just, I'm a waitress at a, at a restaurant. He said this would happen to those who are your servants and those who are your handmaids. That's exactly what they were. They weren't the highest on the rung when it came to occupation. They were just getting their start in life. But God said, I don't, I don't care. I don't look at the outward. I look at the heart on the inside. This is what God is saying to you. So we began, we started talking about the appearances of the Lord and how that we should start coming into the church service expecting this to happen. In fact, it's anticipated. And in the New Testament, we are told that it says, is there any sick among you? This is during a church service. Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And this is in the church service. I know of a very famous Baptist minister and that that scripture seemed to haunt him as he would go there and read from that, uh, that passage of scripture that says, is there any sick among you? So he just decided, I'm going to try it. I'm just going to try it. It says this should happen at a church service. And it doesn't say certain ones. It says, is there any sick among you? This is for all sick Christians coming to church that God wants to heal them. And he delights in healing them in the church service. And so what he did was he read those verses looked up the Greek, uh, found out what it meant, called together his elders in the church, trained them to do this and said, we're just going to start trying this and see what happens. Well, astounding things begin to happen. He had the elders up there and said, listen, if you come here this morning or come here tonight and you're sick in your body and you're a believer, a Christian, this verse is toward you. And so he would read it over the congregation. Well, the people begin to come forward and they anointed them with oil, laid hands on them. And the Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And that's what began to happen. He said, not everybody. He said, I don't know why everybody doesn't seem to get it, but this vast majority of them walk out healed. He said, it has changed our entire concept in the church on healing. He said, but also on the fact that it belongs in the church service also. And so we have that in the word of God, but just think if you came to church expecting that it wouldn't just be for somebody else, your needs may be met. And on top of that, I know your needs can be met as you sit in the congregation, hear the word of God and the refreshingness of the word of God and the faith that is produced from the word of God can enter into your life and it can change you. You can walk out a changed person and no one laid hands on you. It was the hand of the Lord in the church service. So the first one I begin to bring out from the Old Testament was Manoah and his wife. They were parents of Samson. In fact, again, it's all given to chapter 13 uh, of the book of Judges and how that the Lord appeared to the wife first of all, then appeared to both of them later on and told them they were going to have a son who would begin to reign and begin to rule in the nation of Israel as a prophet and would begin to raise up uh, these things because there's coming a time when God was going to use him and use that nation again. We then talked about Isaiah, Isaiah chapter six and verse five. And here the Lord appeared to Isaiah. Isaiah happened to be in a time when he was just literally uh, crying out 
for the nation, things were going on in the nation he didn't like. Isaiah saw the people turning from the Lord and turning toward idols, and it grieved his heart. And so he prayed out in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Whenever the Lord appeared to him, all he could see was his own unworthiness. He had been so dwelling on the unworthiness of the people, the actions they were having, the fact they were worshiping idols, the fact they were throwing their own children in the fires of Molech. And these were God's people. These were people that knew him as Savior, but they had gotten so wrapped up in the things of the world. They were doing the things of the world, and they were headed towards 70 years of captivity in Babylon. And it was prophesied, and Isaiah spoke about it, Jeremiah spoke about it, and later on it's brought out also in the, the, as the children of Israel were in the land that uh, Daniel prophesied and told this and repeated what he read from the book of Jeremiah. It's so interesting, all this stuff, and yet each one of these had an individual appearance of the Lord. And in this case, Isaiah saw his own unworthiness. And then other prophets who have seen it actually fell on the floor, and some of them just laid there for a long time, not able to speak because of the presence of God. I'm simply saying this. You ought to be open to this. It will be a life-changing thing to see and have a vision of the Lord. But God prophesies, in the last days it'll come to pass, all part of my spirit upon all flesh, and that includes you. You are under that umbrella of all flesh. Open up your faith and open up your anticipation and start it this way, as David said, and start it when you come into the tabernacle of the Lord, into the presence of the Lord, when the assembly of the saints has come together that you expect to have a visitation of the Lord, and if no one else sees it, you might. I told the story. A lady said three times, she came up after the third one said, there's been three times I have seen a giant angel behind you up to nine feet tall. And every time you're preaching, he did what you did. He went the same direction you did, used the same hand signals you did. But he was there and I knew he was there so that you could preach, uh, you know, the sermon and revelation would come to you. I didn't get upset with her or upset with God for why didn't you show me the whole point? I was glad he was back there. I'm glad she saw that. But you know what? I begin to open up my eyes a little bit more expected to see great things happen in the church service and greater things begin to happen after that. My anticipation was actually flamed by her to actually increase and expect more to happen in the church service itself. So this was Isaiah. And of course, Isaiah wrote tremendous things about the captivity coming, but also the pouring outpouring of God's Holy Spirit and then how God was going to bring the Messiah, Jesus Christ himself. And so in Isaiah chapter 52 and chapter 50, he brought all this stuff out. But I know it's because he had a special place with God, so much so that the Lord even appeared to him. But now we're living in that time spoken of by Joel the prophet. It'll come to pass the last days, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters. And notice this, they didn't have to be preacher's kids. They could just be sons and daughters. He talked about those again who were just uh, people in the congregation. He talked about those who had jobs and those who were uh, working in the houses and all the different things they had, servants, he promised that he would pour out his spirit upon them. And young and old, there's no one that's, that's left out of that one. And men and women would all see it too. Isaiah's response again to the Lord was different than Samson's, who were overwhelmed at the appearance of the Lord, but Isaiah saw his own inadequacy, lack of worth. I'm telling you, I don't know how you will act. 
I don't know how I will act. My anticipation is out there even greater in these last days, knowing that Jesus is coming soon. I want to see some special manifestations of the Lord. I want to know. I, I really think there's been times in my life when I've met strangers and I thought, you know, it was just a normal part, just a regular person, but I entertained an angel unawares. It's possible to do that, get to heaven and find out it was the Lord's help that was there all the time. We discuss Moses in Exodus chapter three and verse six, that when Moses saw the Lord, he hid his face. He was afraid to look on God. I don't know how you're going to act, but I can say this, begin to anticipate his coming, begin to anticipate him meeting you. Some of you have been looking for the will of God for some time and you've had your heart open before God, but why don't you begin to expect some supernatural means of which God's going to speak to you and show you what he wants to do. It may be that you won't see the Lord, but you'll hear an audible voice. This has happened so often in the word of God. When Saul of Tarsus was called into the ministry, he was knocked down to the ground and he heard a voice. The voice was saying to him that he was, uh, that he had been so long abusing God. He had been actually abusing the Lord Jesus Christ. And how's that happen? He said, to do it to one of these, the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. And he began to realize that Jesus Christ and all those that were following him on this earth were one. They were all united together and it totally changed his attitude and he became a believer on the road to Damascus that day. The appearances of God throughout the word of God have also happened in our own nation during great times of revival. We'll talk about this when we come back. In the meantime, I want you to have a copy of this book, the book of Acts. At the dawn of the church age, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit and power to his followers. From Pentecost, they were led by His Spirit to blaze a trail through the hazardous maze of pagan cultures and religious legalism. Like wildfire, the gospel spread through the known world, bringing salvation to a whole generation and triumph and trial to the church. In a New Testament commentary on Acts, Bob Yannian explores the exploits of those sent to uproot the binding vines of religion and philosophy and to sow the kingdom of God. Through evaluations of early congregations and detailed descriptions of their cities, Pastor Bob walks us through the exciting, perilous adventure of the early church. Order a New Testament commentary on Acts at bobyendian.com. Hi, Pastor Bob. March the 7th through the 9th, I'm having my minister's conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Joseph Z will be joining me and I want you to join me too, no matter what phase of ministry you're involved in. March the 7th through the 9th. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. I had the great honor and privilege of being raised in a Christian home, and my father was a pastor. He pastored three churches. We lived in Tulsa during that time. But he had churches that were right just over the border into Kansas, then two in, around the Tulsa area after that. And uh, so many great things happened. And when my dad got into the ministry, I mean, he didn't have much money. We had an old car, and the church we went to that was just across the border into Kansas was 100 miles. And so he would drive that every Sunday morning, stay in the town, preach that Sunday night, and bring us back home. Home. I was five, my sister was four, but my dad didn't think a thing about it. He made up his mind that if he was called in the ministry, we were going to go with him. And he was sure that verse of scripture is for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So there was times as I was growing up, I felt kind of left out because we were in church so often and things were going on. Did I get to really participate in a lot of things in school? And the answer was no. But today I don't regret it at all. I remember I used to go to church on Sunday night and go to the school the next day and the kids would ask me, did you, you know, because television had just come out not too long before that time and black and white TVs everywhere. But the kids would always ask me on Monday morning, did you see Disney last night? Because Disney came on Sunday night. My answer was always no. And it was, uh, they'd say, oh yeah, I forgot you're a preacher's kid. And, and then, I, then it made me feel worse and all that. But you know what? Now I'd look back on, I should have said, thank God I am a preacher's kid. Thank God I accepted Jesus at five years old. Thank God I was filled with the Holy Spirit at seven years old. And I know through that times I've had some visitations. I don't know it was a visitation, but as I look back on it, it had to be. Just people were there at the specific time that needed to be. And some of them, I believe, were natural people. Others could have been, as it says in Hebrews, angels unawares that spoke to me. I've come through revivals. I was born during the time of the great outpouring of healing revivals here in our own nation. And I uh, got to know, uh, you know, Ed living in Tulsa, I got to know Oral Roberts and T.L. Osborne and others like that. Not not closely, but I mean, we knew each other. We talked to each other. And so to, to actually say, I look back on it today and think, oh my goodness, I should have taken more advantage of that. I just didn't know how great these people were being used by God. I worked for Kenneth Hagin for a number of years. And I look back on that now, actually walking down the halls and he'd share something with me. I'd share something with him because I started out in the audio department. I made radio broadcasts and cassette tapes. You remember cassette tapes. But I made those and I would tell him something I heard him say on a master tape and he would stop and reflect on it. And I keep thinking, man, Bob, you were so dumb. You were standing beside this great man of God and couldn't even see it. Well, the point of it was his ministry was small back there. I was part of that small group. I got to be there after Rama had started a couple of years into it. I became a teacher there. I look back on that and I just thought about it as a group of people meeting and having a class. What great things happened in those days and how that I became a pastor later on and pastored for 33 years. We had moves of the Holy Spirit in the congregation. We had prophets that came along. I'd bring them in and have them uh, speak over the people. Great miracles happened. I mean, wonderful things. I could go into long things about what God showed and how that he used me in certain cases, how he used others from the congregation in other cases, and the reports and the testimonies were absolutely incredible. And I mean, I can't even remember all of them. There were just so many. We sent so many ministers out around the world that started churches. The same thing happened. Just numbers of people saved, numbers of people filled with the Holy Spirit, but also numbers of great manifestations. 
and in some actually the appearance of Jesus Christ or angels in the church service. Like I said, that woman told me she saw that. Others said they saw demons in there. And I don't doubt that at all. Say, well, demons come to church. What a terrible thing to happen. I think it's a great thing to happen. Demons have to hear the word of God preached and know they can't get saved. I mean, that's just got to be the great irritation to Satan and his and his uh, entourage that follow him. But again, the point of it was, I know demons come to church. The Bible tells us that whenever you hear the word Satan comes immediately to, re- to take it away. Well, if he comes immediately, that means he couldn't be in the parking lot waiting for you to get out there. He's in the church service itself. But again, like I said, I don't care. I don't care if they're there. I don't care if demons are there. They're going to have to hear the word of God and know that we are preaching that the name of Jesus conquered him and Jesus Christ himself arose from the dead and made an open show of him and before all nations and before all the hosts of heaven and made a show of him openly and and then triumphed over him in all that he did on the cross. So that is a wonderful thing that, that I grew up around. But again, as I was even pastoring, we had those things happen. There was reports so much about, uh, you know, a revival around the world, great things happening around the world and tremendous reports and church growth and people just people of the congregation having visitations of the Lord great things happening this is the day we are living in today with so much happening heading us toward end times it's a great time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and we need to be in anticipation how I began this in the last broadcast was telling you that you need to expect it when you come into the church service walk in with expectancy but you see that seems to have gone whenever there's long periods of prosperity and great and ease of life. We just kind of fall back and rest on our laurels and don't even expect great manifestations of God, but we can. And if, if you haven't done it during that time, then I'm simply telling you with all the evil that's happening in our earth today, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And you need to start opening up yourself for manifestations of the appearance of God, manifestations of divine power in your life, seeing people set free and also operations of divine power leading you and guiding you to the right people that open up their lives to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Divine interventions happen, especially in the book of Acts, to those who were out witnessing for the Lord and suddenly an appearance of the Lord was there, the power of God was there, a special manifestation was there, and people were led to the Lord Jesus Christ. On the day when the 120 came down from the upper room, speaking with tongues and captivated the attention of the thousands and thousands of devout Jews in Jerusalem that day who came for the Feast of Pentecost. And after it was all over, 3,000 of them received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the miraculous had a great part to play in it. Divine signs and wonders. Open yourself up. In fact, we're going to pray at the end of this broadcast here in just a few moments for you to open up your heart and expect for things to begin to happen. And God's going to use you in these last days. Don't think it's a terrible day to be alive with all the bad things going on the earth. God has made you for such a time as this. So 1 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 16 tells us that David had a visitation from the Lord. In 1 Chronicles 21 and verse 16, then David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord. Again, an Old Testament title for Jesus Christ himself standing between earth and heaven, having a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. So David and the elders fell on their faces. Notice again here, if Jesus 
appears to you, man, don't be afraid to fall down in front of him because not only will he look great, it makes you look pretty bad. All I'm saying is here that David saw his own inadequacies. This divine visitation can mean two things, blessing those whose ways are pleasing to the Lord or punishing those who disobey and do what is forbidden. First Chronicles chapter 12 tells us that David disobeyed the Lord by taking a census of the troops. Joab did a head count at David's request and in direct defiance of God's command. When anyone declares they are number one, the best around, they are headed for a fall. The Lord gave David three choices, three years of famine, three months of defeat by their enemies, or three days of severe judgment by plagues allowed by the Lord. David didn't want any of them, repented and pleaded for mercy from the Lord, and the leadership of Israel put on sackcloth and fell in contrition before the Lord. And when the angel of the Lord appeared again, God called off his judgment, and David, his men, and the nation were spared. What a wonderful story. Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 28 says, This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell down on my face. This happens quite often. A great reverence falls over them. And not only, you know, by this time, usually, like I said, these people feel pretty important. Ezekiel felt pretty important. David felt pretty important, kind of cocky. And when the Lord appeared, not only did it make the Lord look good, it made them look bad. And suddenly their own inadequacies came up in front of them and they fell down in contrition before the Lord. That's one of the best things to do. Here's another thing to do. Why don't you just fall down in contrition, not waiting for something bad to happen in your life or some sin in your life. Just fall down before him knowing that no matter how great the walk with God is, he's still greater than you are. And you'll be finding that out throughout all of eternity. So again, this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when he saw it, like it said in Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 28, Ezekiel just fell on his face. This should be what happens when flawed, defective, imperfect humans come face to face with the Lord who is pure and perfect and holy and majestic and glorious. Ezekiel saw the heavens open. He had a vision of God, including a whirlwind, a great cloud with engulfing fire. He saw four living creatures, the wheel in the middle of a wheel, and various other things which could not even be described. In verse 28, he saw an appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. This is told us in Revelation when John saw heaven and comes up with some of the wildest descriptions of heaven. It's because how do you, as a human being, address what you see in heaven, things you've never seen before, and then try to relate it to things on this earth. Like it says here with Ezekiel, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Boy, have we had Bible scholars trying to figure that one out for a long time. But I imagine they're going to get to heaven one day and go, oh, I see what Ezekiel saw. Trying to describe it. Seeing it in heaven is one thing, but trying to describe it on earth was something else. Ezekiel then fell on his face. This also happened to John and Patmos. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Three disciples had the same thing happen to them on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Matthew 17, and Matthew 17 and verse 5 says, A voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when they had heard this, they fell down to the ground, terrified. You know what I want to do? I want to pray for you. In this day we're living in, this is a day of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
And I want to pray for you for divine visitations into your life of angels, Jesus Christ himself, voices from heaven, things, instruction to you that you know. You say, but what if it's a demon? Listen, when you ask God for something, no demon can interfere. If you've asked him in faith, it has to be a heavenly manifestation that comes to you. So not only are we going to pray this, we're going to open up our heart and expect a divine visitation. I'm going to pray it for myself. Why don't you pray it for yourself? Father, in the name of Jesus, I agree with all those who are watching right now. Father, you promised divine visitations. You promised a word from you. You promised the Holy Spirit would speak to us in these last days. And right now we anticipate it. And Father, those watching, I know they have a home church they go to. I'm anticipating with them that the next time they go to church with with a heart open before you, you're going to speak to them. They're going to hear from you like never before. They may even have visitations of angels in a church service or when they leave and go home. Father, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and give it to them because we are people who believe in the supernatural. And not only will it happen in heaven, we're going to have a taste of it here on earth. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. When you have a divine visitation, get hold of me. Write me an email. Tell me something about what happened to you. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.